Hello, and welcome back to Radical Choices. So a few key updates that I think will be really helpful as, um, as the podcast continues to evolve into what it's meant to be. Um, you know, I would say a reflection of my own process um, and the process of those around me. And so the Radical Choices podcast will henceforth be called ROAR. So ROAR is all about heeding your soul's cry, heeding your heart's cry, setting yourself ablaze and surrendering to purpose. And those are really powerful things. Now they may sound a little hard because there's a part of us that sometimes resists our growth. There's a part of us that says we shouldn't have to worry about that so much. But when you start to um, really roar, when you start to scream out of your heart, when you start to protect, when you start to define, when you start to empower, you realize that you have to access your roar. You have to. There are so many things that layer themselves on top of our view of ourselves. Okay? So even our mere identity, having attributes or things as though we are static when we realize as we look in the mirror that we're growing every day, to live life defined by labels in a world that constantly is changing is insane. It's insane. It actually makes absolutely no sense because it's defying the laws of nature. And so therefore it could never really work. But we're sold an idea of happiness. We're sold an idea of success. We're sold an idea of ourselves. And when we live in it, we're essentially living a lie. And so, listen, we are all victims of life. We are living in response to life, you know? Chaos happens all the time. We see it every day. It's very difficult to face. It fucking sucks. But... Y'all, we got to live authentically because this shit right here with the living and deception and lies, that means like you're in opposition to yourself, to what is. You're destroying the parts that make you you. And that's what happens when we don't do the work, right? when we don't do the healing is we start to live out the manifestations of our pain. That's what's happening. We're manifesting all the time, whether we're intentional of it or not, you are manifesting all the time. So if you are in the energy of pain and sorrow and being at a low state of just feeling powerless, that's okay but we can't live in that. We can't live in that. That's not living. 
so many of the sicknesses that we have are actually on the line of the chakra system. And that's why when people are like, what are chakras? I don't care. But it's, these are scientifically understood energetic points of our body that transmit energy out of ourselves into the world. And so each of the chakras actually have a focus. Your root chakra is all about your connection to this planet, to your family of origin, who you are, right? That's your root, how you see yourself. That's at the deepest part of your body, right? It's where your seat mixed, uh, meets the seat. Sorry, your own seat meets the earth, right? You then have your sacral chakra. This is when you're starting to actually filter this experience. You're starting to externalize. This is your creative force. Uh, this is oftentimes your passion as well as your pain is your sacral chakra. Your sacral chakra is your insight on the world, right? And, and, and how you relate to it. And so these are two areas that early childhood hits immediately, right? Um, our foundational beginnings and how we were introduced to the world and then the way that we choose to respond. We then go up the body towards the stomach area, just above your navel. Uh, the sacral chakra is below your navel. And then now we're talking about the solar plexus. So the solar plexus is uh, your power, your source of power, um, your source of connectedness to the all that is, your ability to um, drive your intention, right? So again, going back to the root, our early foundations, the sacral, our creativity and expression, um, your solar, your power, your source, and your intention. We then head up um, towards the heart space, and this is your heart chakra. Now, I'll offer that this is the one that is the most important. Why? It's because it's the place where all of your soul's recorded lives and experiences and truths live. This is where your records, your soul records exist. This is your filter through which you see um, your insight. Because think about it, above power is then a insight, right? It's gained abundance, right? And your heart is where you experience abundance. And that's why love is the most powerful thing that there is in the world, right? From an emotional standpoint, right? It's where we can express how we feel, not just what we see, but how we feel. It's where we can embody these gifts. And this is at the center of your body, if you think about it. And so the world and the experiences and people and energy have a huge impact on your heart. And the truth of the matter is, is that oftentimes we can carry stuff that's not ours. We can carry energy that actually belongs to someone else. And all we have to do is acknowledge that. All we have to do is say when we're in our, in hearing a voice that just feels so mean, when we say, who are you? Who is speaking? And so we'll talk about guarding your heart 
and transmitting your life through your heart. Because again, it's essentially your soul's filter into this life. Okay. Um, your soul's body I'd offer. So we then head up and um, this is what I think is so interesting is that the next chakra is our throat. It's our ability to, to speak. It's our ability to inspire, right? It's our ability to um, not just express, but to imprint the world around us. And so it's the heart's filter, right? Um, it's how we create that energy out into our greater experience. It's the power of our words to speak our truth. That's why affirmations actually matter is because every word has energy. Every word has energy. So the more that you hear it, the more that you really hear it with your body and your, and your heart, um, that's, that will change your life because this is your manifester. The heart is the, the source, but the, the, the throat chakra is your manifester. We then go up and we um, are at our third eye, right between our eyes. I like to think about the third eye as recognizing, uh, reconciling uh, both the left and right body and brain and heart, um, but mainly brain. So it's where we come together and um, in terms of our vision. And we are as souls, yes, um, independent beings, but we're not separate. So um, we are all related. Even the most, um, I would say, vile uh, creatures that you can imagine actually represent shadow parts of yourself. Now, it may not have the same color or flair. You might, um, you know, in your most vile understanding of what could be the worst thing ever, maybe we can think about a vile racist. And there's no way you're a racist, you're a person of color, or you are absolutely somebody who has reconciled your place in the world and understood that so many of us have been disenfranchised and disempowered and shot at and killed. That's something that we can we can start to um, to look at, but to understand that that same type of energy exists in you, and when it is seen in your environment, it gives you keys to how you can start to live the, through the world. That's why lessons are important, right? Um, we've resented them in the past because lessons have been um, wielded to control. And so, you know, a lot of us are afraid of being taught, right? Um, for a number of reasons, maybe we've been lied to, or maybe we just don't have any energy to do that, or maybe whatever. We don't want to admit that it's that simple. <laughs> but, you know, I'll be vulnerable if I ask myself, where do I have the energy of a racist I would say it's when I'm in my victimhood and in the worst of it. And I haven't tapped into that a lot lately, right? Where I absolutely disagree with the world. But I'll share an example. I was uh, on a road trip 
And as I mentioned, I've been on this road trip and I was actually heading back from uh, California on a visit back to Colorado. Now, this was a tough trip, um, but really what was amazing about it is that I didn't really think it through a ton. Like I, but I like, I perfected the road trip for myself in a lot of ways, but because I pushed my body to get there sooner, which like I could do, but I don't know if it's what I should have done. (laughs) I um, decided to drive for two days. And uh, as you can imagine, it's like in a seasonally, like not great time. And so even though it's, um, 10 hours a day. Yeah, I did that. Um, I just thought, well, I could energize my way through it, or I can kombucha my way through it, or I can coffee my way through it, or I can green energy my way through it. Right. And there was all these different things that I did, but, um, I hit a point where I was in really bad weather. And even though my, my whole ride had been so faith filled and I was just like really surrendering to God and surrendering to some like really beautiful realizations that I was getting while driving, um, I saw that I was in a blizzard. And so this, this has happened many times when I drive and it's like 15 minute blizzards, but when you're traversing the U S there's times that you might hit a storm. Right. And so I, hit the storm front and I couldn't see anything. And, um, I was just so riled up because I was 30 minutes away from the hotel. So I had been driving for nine and a half hours and it had been the most beautiful drive. And I just felt so empowered. And in the end I hit a snowstorm. like that really sucks. 30 minutes in a 10 hour trip or 11 hour trip is wow. You know? So I, was like, are you fucking kidding me, God? I think I said, or like, God, I can use your help. Or I just screamed. And it was just this, the ignorance of it, that somehow God was doing this to me, um, is something that I think is where my victimhood can really work against me, right? Because we have some victimhood that, it's just, you know, what it means to be uh, living in chaos. I think we can kind of see that, well, shit, we're, you know, we're in a sense we're surrendered, which is not victimhood, but it's a level above, right? It's the evolution of, of victimhood is to surrender and to just release and let go, right? But in this situation, I just realized I was like, I, I have to believe that I'm God. And because I am, right? Like, all we know is that we exist. And Perception tells us that we could, you know, we exist in some form. People are reacting to us like we're alive. Like, I gotcha. But we start to recognize that everyone has their own kind of perception of the world. And you can have the same experience and experience like completely different experiences of that. And so what that says is that we essentially have our own worlds and this is believing, you know, if we think about God and our relation to the world, then it's, this is, we, we are quote unquote God, right? Because we are the gods of our experience. No one else is taking the fucking wheel. We are the ones that are experiencing this. We can say something's happening, but we're the ones that are living the life. We are the God. So if I believe that I am God, right? Then me cursing God while driving 
Um, while it's totally fine and I like stand by it, I would probably do it again. I probably will. But just understanding that that's where I live in victimhood to think that I am, I'm basically cursing myself. And that really, that goes against the whole God thing. So I have to imagine <laughs> that there is a world where I am living in alignment with that. Right. And I am God. And so I'm, you know, if I'm God, then I, I create my experience. Right. And so I know I stopped at the, the third eye, but this is how, um, this is how God sees the world <laughs> through our eyes and through the, the eyes of our experience in our body. Now, um, this is a chakra that really largely gets forgotten. I feel like we don't focus on our crown chakra a lot in this culture. Uh, and it's because this is the chakra uh, that we connect to the earth around us um, and the cosmos and star beings and um, ancestors. Like this is our, this is our connection to the world of spirits and the world of, um, of, of extra ordinary. Um, and so this, the, the reason I think we don't talk about it is because spirituality and religion in this culture, uh, we have an incredibly unique experience with based on our lived experience, right? So, um, you know, I wasn't born in Saudi Arabia, so I'm going to have very different experiences as a Puerto Rican woman in Chicago from Chicago. So this is our God hat, so to speak. This is our God filter. Um, and it's like, and that's actually a beautiful way to think about it, that things get filtered through from the cosmos to the insight, to the heart, or sorry, to the, through, the, through the throat and how we speak, through our hearts, through our power, through our creativity and through our connection to the earth. Right, what goes up what must come down as above, so below. And so this makes up our subtle body, right? Um, this thing that I have to tell you guys, it, it exists and it permeates about, they say about 12 feet from you, above you, below you, behind you. So you are just a big old energy ball. <laughs> You are just a big old light um, on the the grid, the uh, the electricity grid um, of our universe. And so, when I talk about roar, I want to talk about what sets you ablaze, what um, what your purpose is. Um, what the cry of your heart is, uh, what your friggin' passion is, what your um, meaning is, what your uh, joy is, what your rest is. Because Roar centered on the lioness, the great lioness who protects her cubs, who um, takes over uh, the beasts who 
hunts the kill, who uh, shows her belly, who rolls around, who sleeps. She is all of us and we are her. Roar is based on my own spirit animal, but we all have spirit animals. Mine just happens to be the lioness. And when I started to tap into that, I got, I grew very uncomfortable. You see, I hadn't reconciled the anger within me. And I had been talking myself out of um, feelings for so long because I was taught that to feel would be to die, would be to, to, to weaken yourself. If you don't feel, then you don't get hurt right? And a lot of us live lives that um, we think that we're strong because we don't feel, which is a lie. And so then life will make us feel very, very deeply. (laughs) And that, my friend, is your Saturn return. (laughs) And we'll talk about astrology soon. But um, yeah, so really thinking about our connections to ourselves, to people, to the world around us, to the beings around us, to the life experience. Um, once we, once we access our roar, once we, um, amplify our roar, we are unstoppable. We're living in the flow of life. We're living in alignment with life because that's your purpose. Your purpose is how you live in in alignment with life. Knowing that life is chaos. Life just is. And I know you say, oh no, Elisa, sometimes life is beautiful. Yes, but by its very nature, it has no rhyme or reason. So it's chaos. (laughs) Uh, The world lives at random, right? And you know, we, we oftentimes think about what it means to be present. Um, and you know, time is an illusion, right? It's a, it's, it's man-made. Um, and so it's, we believe that we have to hurry to something. Some of us, some of us believe we have to hurry. Some of us are exhausted from hurrying. Some of us don't really want to hurry, but we don't want to tell anyone that we don't want to hurry because we've created this false illusion that time is something that um, is like, you know, a ticking time bomb. And sure, like time and, and how we organize our energy, you know, matters when it comes to balance, of course. But to put false urgency on our environment means that we're living life in a, in a lie, right? We're not just like living life through response to it. We're living life with a set of rules. And so what if there were no rules? That's, that's why we're animals. We are an actual species. And I know that we sometimes are like, yes, that's the way that scientists say who I am. You are literally an animal. You are species. You are as wild as that wolf. You might sound more empowered, but your instincts are the same. 
You are just a more evolved animal. We are the most evolved animal that we know of, but there's like apparently like a squid or a cuttlefish that was just found to be smarter than a fifth grader. So there it is. But we're pretty evolved, right? But we're still an animal and we still have instincts, even if we have filters through life. So to live out loud in the wild, to live our primitive truths, <laughs> um, it's how we light up the world. It's how we find joy and love that abounds. That's what abundance is. We really just need to detach money from abundance. Like we would do ourselves such a huge favor if we didn't focus on that because that money is also an illusion, right? So do you hear what I'm saying? I'm talking about the filters that we choose to live through our lives that are man-made, that yes, we must accept in order to process and live in the world, but we shouldn't get it twisted. That shit ain't real. That shit ain't real. And then so much of what we're seeing right now is that the people that made these legal and laws or whatever are actually, it was based off of a false reality. It was a faced off of bias and bias. We're all going to have it because it's our filter by which we see the world. So if you don't trust your bias, why do you trust someone else's? Right? I know I was mad at God, but I like can't live in the, I can't accept that. I got to question it because that's not, that's, that goes against what isn't tr natural. Right. And so we, there's so many of us, and I know me too, I've been looking for answers on why and, and why and why. Really, just I've been asking why a lot. And, um, and I realize that when I ask an, a question of something like that, I, in some sense, that comes from my inability to see its truth. Um, to, to, to use your roar is to tap into your truth. It's to live through it. It's to live in response to the world's chaos. It's to know how to um, heal the wounds of the past that trigger and create turmoil in your life because you carry those things in you. It's about learning how to surrender to your purpose and live in your truth. It's about releasing your heart's cry. That energy sometimes lives stagnantly in your hips and in your lower back and in your, and in your shoulders, because that's where your pulse, that's where you're tensing up. That's where you're resisting life. And y'all, I've been really cognizant of my back pain. It has been true. I've never experienced back pain like this. Like this feels like a resurgence, but it's basically, I just got that it's when I don't live my message, this is the pain that I feel. And so the creative process for me is healing and roar is that. Roar is your creative process. Roar is your, um, your ritualistic spiritual workout, your soul workout. <laughs> Roar is access and insight and downloads 
and breakthroughs that you cry about. What do you cry about? That's what Roar is about. And what is the cry that lays dormant within you is also what Roar is. What comes down must come up and what comes up must come down. The chakra system has taught us that. Gravity has taught us that. That's Those are laws we can kind of trust, right? Um, it's proven. So I'll leave you with that, but I am so excited to continue to shift radical choices to Roar. And I'm so appreciative that you have continued to tune in or are starting to tune in and I'll keep the conversation going. Have a good one.